It was the American Idol premiere that had everyone singing its praises. I'm speechless. But if you thought night one was good. I'm starting to get numb from all the good talent. You ain't heard nothing yet. Tonight, witness an unforgettable performance that moved the judges to tears. You have wrecked me. And the greatest audition Idol has ever seen. I'm in the presence of greatness. American Idol, tonight, 8, 7 central on ABC. Blog Talk Radio. entertainment and music industry where you get to hear from the top and up and coming stars from amateurs to professionals they're all just working hard for success this show is to give those the opportunity to speak about their talents and what they're doing to succeed in their dreams and now here's your host sasha marina well hello hello there everyone um my name is sasha marina your host of course uh thank you for tuning into the sasha marina show so today i have a very interesting guest uh mostly because I kind of had to really research what he was all about. Um, it's an interview with Tad Baker. Uh, he considers himself a pedophysician. Now, I had to obviously search that because um, I haven't seen those terms in college yet. <laughs> I mean, uh, without further ado, you know, uh, I, I looked up on Wikipedia and the, and the definition of this term uh, was a pedophysicist, I should say. 
is a philosophy or media theory dedicated to studying what lies beyond the realm of metaphysics. The concept was coined by French writer Oscar Jerry uh, back in the 1800s, who defined metaphysics as the science of imaginary solutions, which symbolically attributes the properties of objects described by their virtually to their lineaments. Now, there's a lot of uh, ideas thrown in these two sentences and um, some that I cannot even wrap my mind around right now. But I guess that's why I have Tan Baker on the show, and I really want him to like bring us into his world and what he is all about, which sounds quite interesting. I, I think it's even too much for just a 30-minute interview. We might have to have like another one after this. <laughs> so uh, without further ado, of course. I would love to. Uh, you're, you're live, uh, Tad. How are you? Good morning to you. Uh, Sasha, I'm doing really, really well. And if I could jump on that, you know what? The, a lot of people have mistaken pataphysics for being this intellectual exercise by a bunch of dada, wacko, absurdists. But really, what pataphysics is, is the science of imagination. And what that means is that we are trained in classical thought, to make practical application of the old classical principles found in Greek theater, philosophy, and uh, the exploration of thought. So what Alfred Jerry was doing was mocking the status quo of his day, and he was validating what he was doing by coming up with pataphysics, this science that he developed. It was really a, a response to the rigid, you know, this is the only way art can be, conditions of France over 100 years ago. He said, oh, that's all BS. I'm going to come in and I'm going to do uh, basically campfire skits, and I'm going to call it art, and I'm going to put a system together that validates what I'm doing. And out of that, the absurdists were born. You know, the absurdists, if you've studied these guys at all, they mock, they make uh, our sacred cows uh, they take them down, and they, or they actually, they elevate them to the highest point, so we can see how, how absurd they are. And and so mm -hmm. this tradition that Jerry developed is something that was passed on to me by my mentor, Demetrius Toteras. And uh, so you say, well, what, what is pataphysics? Pataphysics is the science of imaginary solutions. It, the science of imagination. You can't just, like I tell everybody. You know, there's a popular misconception that you can just take a bunch of hallucinogenics and out is going to come art later on, right? Well, yeah. in my world, it doesn't work that way. You, gotta, you have to train yourself in the foundation of Western thought, and then when you're in, in good enough shape, you apply that to certain, certain uh, exercises, practical exercises that, that you've come up with, and out then it comes art. So I'm kind of a long-winded explanation, but I, I, I wanted to get that in right away, Sasha. Yeah, of, of course. I mean, it, it definitely tells us a, um, a little bit about who you are, you know, as a person. And um, so just to get a, a better idea, you know, breaking it down more, um, I guess, for what I understand right now, it's, it's, it's kind of like just a, a mocking of, of life, of what we think, of what, quote-unquote, is supposed to be right, but it's, it, it just unlocks another viewpoint of life. Is, is that what it is? Because it seems like... Well, really, um, yeah, you mm -hmm. can say that, but, but, you know, in theater, what we do, true... Mm -hmm. See, I, I, I come from the 
my roots are in the classical period of of, uh, of Greco-Roman theater and philosophy, and so mm-hmm. the the idea behind theater back then was to make a place for the audience to interact with the divine or those things which are um, beyond our daily experience of ideas such as beauty, truth, um, death, God, being. In other words, theater back then was a place for participation, where, where the audience could participate with these themes. What Jerry saw was that theater had died. It was strictly a, an art form for the elites. And he said, we're going we're gonna to flip that over. I'm going to mock it. I'm going to make it absurd. I'm going to show where it's all full of BS. And really what, what absurdity did after that was take on all of the status quo, all of the institutions that everyone, you know, just wouldn't touch. And Artad, Genet, Toteris, Julian Beck, these guys blew holes in these very serious institutions that you're not supposed to touch. So mm-hmm. it's mocking in a way, but for the benefit of society so that, so that people can participate. Sasha, my plays are all about the audience being the play itself, rather than the, the actor getting on stage with his memorized lines, and he, he presents to the audience, and you, the quiet audience, clap and either approve or disapprove. No, no, no. Absurdity will not allow those lines of, of separation. Absurdity forces participation between everybody, which is what the classical Greek theater was about. It was a real messy theater. It was where, I mean, there was so much activity flowing from the stage to the audience. And and so the absurdist said, it's time to return to that. And it wasn't until Toteris in the 60s when he understood, oh, we've got to get rid of the script. We've got to, we, we cannot have scripted plays anymore um, and out of that was born our plays which were the original reality shows out of the 80s I don't know have you seen any of our footage uh, no sir I actually haven't I don't do you, is it free online because I I just really saw your yeah things, you really should haven't. spend mm-hmm. some time over at schoolofabsurdity.com which is the website that uh the Pataphysical Institute and my friends over at Simmons Theater put together here. Um, they've been collecting our our footage and all, they've just been collecting and, and and documenting what we've been doing for a number of years. And they finally put together this very cool website in honor of Demetrius Toteris and all his students. And so on this site are samples from the San Francisco Farting Contest the Pindaro's Belly Pageant, the anti-feminist meetings that Toterist made famous in San Francisco, and, of course, you know, my loon show. And um, mm. my loon show really was the, uh, was the original reality show. We had uh, uh, comics and people coming out of the audience uh, offending um, the sacred cows of thought of during that period of the late uh, 80s, early 90s, mm-hmm. uh, offending the audience was really what it was about, and the audience could get back at people with a big ripe tomato. And it was really mm-hmm. vaudevillian comedy brought to stage again. And um, if you're not really familiar with it, it, was, uh, uh, it became quite infamous. Uh, Jerry Springer ripped us off completely 
and used some of our techniques in his early shows in the 90s. But it became quite a, an underground cult experience. Uh, Jonathan Winters and Robin Williams uh, uh, snuck into a couple performances and watched from the back. Uh, Dana Carvey as well. We had quite a number of people showing up, experiencing this new this new form, and uh, um, quite quite a lot of fun. I, there's a there's a five minute sample of the show on that website that you can go for free. There's a number of samples that you can check out the films to get an idea of uh, of what we do. Competitive. I may ask what what continued uh, or what started, I should say, your journey in this uh, physics. What was it that sparked your interest in this world? Well, you know, I, I was, a, I was a, a high school and college athlete who just wasn't good enough. And mm-hmm. uh, I, uh, I kept bouncing from one college to the next, pretending that I was going to be a football player. And I ended up, you know, basically dropping out and uh, not able to achieve my dream. And, and I find myself up in the mountains of Sonoma County, uh, living on a Christmas tree farm, and a uh, long story, but one day I met an old man across the street, um, and we started hanging out, playing guitar, and um, I was at a period in my life when I was lost. I just didn't know, how, I had no direction, I had all this creative energy, and I didn't know what to do, and quite simply, he began to direct me into areas that I could actually understand my life from started directing me toward the classics and, and, and theater and philosophy. And it took me a number of years to slowly acclimate myself to what he was talking about. But the moment I met him, I realized that this guy had something I needed. So as I continued to work and bang around in my own private world, I spent more and more time with him. And he opened the doors of what pataphysics is all about and absurdity, philosophy, and why we do theater. And uh, I took to it like a fish to water, and um, it became my raison d'etre for, well, till now. Um, it, 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 it gave me meaning, and it, I brought in the people that I knew, all my friends and, and uh, music partners. I, I was doing radio back in the 80s, and, and I brought in everybody I knew, and we all sat around his, his feet and uh, uh, learned from him, became a theater company out of his association, and, and then I traveled the world a little bit with him. Um, mm-hmm. Pateras was famous in the, in the late 50s and 60s. He built a replica. If you, hang on, Sasha. Hang, this is an interesting uh, fact. He built a, a to-the-inch replica of the California State Gas Chamber, and he brought that all around the world in the 50s and 60s, performing installations, mock executions, all kinds of things. And um, he and Julian Beck were the originators of this form of theater that where the, the audience, there were no lines between the audience and the, and the actors. And when I met him, he was retiring. He had traveled the world. He had had enough of it. He was exhausted. And I, a few years later, I took over the gas chamber and traveled a bit with it and used it in some of our performances. But uh, no, I, it, was, it was meeting Toteris and, and having the understanding to stay with what he was talking about. A lot of my friends couldn't take it. They, the, the ideas that he was presenting us were, were, were so mind-blowing that you, had to, you really had to anchor yourself and be patient, or you, you just didn't get it. But um, I had the 
good fortune to hang in there long enough to develop some understanding and then realize that there was nothing else in in my life but to do this. And um, I'm very grateful for my association with Toteris, believe me. And, you know, you just mentioned something uh, that just kind of geared uh, my next question. You know, um, somebody that is new to this, that was new to this, you know, going to one of these performances, they have never, uh, they don't, they're not familiar with, with, you know, with the idea behind uh, pedophysics, for instance, and, and, and they go to one of your performances for the first time. Um, what would be someone's reaction? Some, I'm sure that you, you've seen a couple of those where, like, they're, they're kind of new to the subject and then they see a performance or anything of the sort, and is their their reactions? Is it shocked? Is it like not um, yeah. not accepting? Or you know, how how is that for the person that's not familiar with this? Right. Great question. Uh, all of the above and none of the above, really. Uh, <laughs> It, it really now it, it, when we're talking about the loon show or a farting contest or a belly pageant, these are all very visceral, physical events, and so oh, you, well, you 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 come into these events me. thinking, uh-huh. well, I mean, you think you, you you come in thinking, well, this this isn't intellectual at all, and in truth, mm-hmm. what you experience is not an intellectual experience. This is what the critique is against traditional theater that you go into a. You go into a theater with, with a preconceived idea of what you're going to expect, and then you, you, the audience or the critic, you judge it, oh, it was good or bad. That doesn't happen in my visceral, physical performances. Um, you don't, there is not an intellectual experience. It is a, an emotional, an intuitive, a psychic experience, if you will, that you, you have. You have almost a religious experience because... Suddenly, what you thought was the stage in front of you, you are now the stage. You are the act. You, the audience. In other words, the audience does not get the, the um, they don't get the chance to sit objectively on their hands, uh, disassociated from the performance. They're part of the performance. So we've had a, a, overwhelmingly the, the the amount of people that leave my my shows go. I had no idea that was going to take place. Wow, I am exhausted. And a lot of people, Sasha, hold on to this, but a lot of people come out of the Loon Show going, my God, I am horny. I am sexually charged. i got to go find somebody to have sex with. Because, you know what? Well, what happens in the Loon Show is it is really psychosexual theater, and your emotions take place, take precedence over your intellect. And you just don't think. You cannot become objective in my show. You're overwhelmed. And that's the, what I want to do. Now, I've got to tell you this. We, have a few, we've, we do a few plays, including the anti-feminist meetings, which are very quiet, dialogue-driven, intellectual performances as well. The exchange of ideas is going back and forth. Those events are completely intellectually rich. And uh, so we do, I do a number of type of performances, but those too um, pull the rug out from the audience and they find themselves the center of the performance as well. Mm-hmm. So. And um, do you have, because I, I know the Loon Show, um, have you done anything afterwards? Do you, do you plan on uh, carrying on uh, another movie perhaps or another 
sequence of videos. What, what else do you have? Yeah. Well, what's happening is we, we worked through the 80s and the 90s, and we just exhausted ourselves. We really literally mm-hmm. exhausted ourselves. So we, we all went our separate ways for a number of years, and then um, uh, all sorts of personal and private projects. We came back together here, oh, gosh, eight years or, or so ago as Toteris became ill. And um, with the idea that we were going to reform and, and return to the stage, he died unexpectedly, but he sent me on my journey, and um, and that is to to reform and and to redo a couple of these plays, the Loon Show and the Farting Contest. Uh, mm. Last summer we were about to launch the Farting Contest up in Reno, and, and I fell sick, and so that was canceled, and that's been postponed for the summer of 2004 to 15. But we're doing the Loon Show 2.0 now, and that's the thing that I'm really excited about. Uh, you haven't seen the, the footage. It's, it's mayhem. It is, um, it is uh, an amazing event that, that we, are, we are redoing, uh, similar to the original show, but really what's going to be going on, much more security, uh, much more modern, high-tech activity, like a like any of the, the, the reality shows that you see with a beautiful stage and all the high-tech lights and whatnot, but we're doing, we're we're going to be bringing back offensive characters and tomatoes and all the sacred cows and all the things that the system shoves down your throat every day. I'm going to allow the audience to interact again with that. I'm, I'm I've got a couple auditions booked for uh, October and November in San Francisco. I've got my lead. Performer online, Myron the Moron, the greatest physical absurdist of the 20th century, by all accounts. He is signed on to the show. I've uh, got some of my old stars that are going to be there. So we are redoing the Loon Show, but even better. And um, I'm in negotiations with a major um, production company right now, and I'm hopeful that by first of the year we have a contract and you might be able to tune in on your cable uh, cable station and see the loon show. So that's that's where we're going. We're, we're uh, uh, my health has not been real good over the last few years, but I'm finally finally returned. I'm I'm back to my strength and I'm I'm ready to hit the stage. And I'll tell you this, Sasha. This is this is the key: is that our society is ready for a loon show, a vehicle in which people can blow off steam, but not do it in the street. You know, there's so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, just look this week at all the rebellion going on. What my show does is it puts that rebellious energy in a box and allows it to take place, spill over, do everything. People spend themselves, and then they leave. They go back to their lives. They don't take it out in the street. They don't tear down buildings. They don't kill each other. That's mm-hmm. the, the, the original intent of classical theater was to take everybody's frustrations and everybody's problems, put them on stage, let us work it out on stage, and then we go back to our lives. That's what theater should be. That's what it, it was with the original Loon Show. That's what it's going to be with this show. You know, um, I, I really admire your, I guess, well, obviously it's, it's been your passion for quite some years now, but, but your constant, yeah. I, I, I guess, uh, dedication, you know, to this, and it's, it's, it's very astounding to me because, you know, Ted, to be honest, I had never really heard of this world, you know, and obviously you have to meet somebody in it to even be brought into into what it's 
the whole idea behind it. And um, you mentioned yeah. big people's uh, big people like uh, Robin Williams, you know, that may he rest in peace, but that actually somewhat, I guess, dip their feet in, in, in this sort of, um, how, how should I explain it? Because I'm still trying to find a way to, to really, you know, understand the whole idea behind this, you know, and, and it sounds, it just sounds so interesting, but at the same time, you know, I don't, I don't want to seem like, oh, I think it's just hilarious because, um, I, I find some comedic interest in this. Obviously, it, 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 to me, it sounds comedic I, because I have yet to really experience what it, it, it's all about. And, um, sure. and of course, I'll, I'll, I'll be looking into your clips and, and things like that. But, you know, what, what is it that really keeps you pushing? And, and, and you know, what, what is it that really keeps you wanting to, to exploit the whole physics uh, world to, to people, there has to be something that's really just that, that determination that you have to really exploit this to, to the world. Well, there's a couple things going on here. Um, honestly, I, I I've, I've always been. How can I say that? You know, Sasha, I was raised a middle class kid, uh, very sheltered, very naive. I was a Boy Scout. I was a, I mean, I, I, I just believed in the American dream, and I'm a, I'm a really sweet guy. I'm just a nice guy, and I, I, I think of myself as being a very generous guy, and I love people. And when I hooked up with Toteras, these plays that we do are dangerous. They are volatile. They are explosive, especially the Loon Show. But we're dealing with things that people have always had prohibitums and taboos about. And so those things can be quite explosive. But what I found in dealing with him and then exploring these plays was that our plays and the old plays make people feel better. And I saw from what I was doing back then, people would leave our shows every single time saying, my gosh, I feel better. I'm feeling better. And I understood that that's, something that here in our society since we don't have rituals and myths and dances that all the other cultures perform regularly to get everybody together that that is missing here and so i this this may sound kind of naive but remember i'm a boy scout i want to give something good to my society i'm doing this truly as a public service i'd also like to see Myron the Moron and some of my performers rewarded for, for the geniuses that they are. So I have a couple motivations, but, but mostly I, I look out and I see all these problems in our society, and they all come down, as far as I'm concerned, to this great separation that we feel right now between each other. There's no dialogue going on. There's no conversation There's, that involves our emotions. There's no way to speak to each other, to really communicate what we're feeling here in an environment that, is, that allows all the emotions to come out. It's everywhere. Everywhere you look, you're seeing this, the manifestations of this separation between each other. So I want to do my shows as a, truly as a public service, as something, something that I know people need. I don't know if everyone wants to go to my loon show. I think there's a mm -hmm. small amount of people that will be completely turned off by it, by the very idea of freeing the emotions. 
Um, but I don't really care. I know that there's enough people that need this, that need to not only participate in it, but to see it, because it gives you hope that this is not a meaningless existence. When you go to my show and you leave, you are feeling better about your life because you've released certain emotions and, and, and you've experienced certain thoughts on an almost religious level that make you feel better. And that's what I want to do for society. Now, let me tell you this, though. There is unbelievable resistance to Tad Baker's shows coming out of Hollywood. There has been since the late 80s, and there continues to this day. I can't perform in Los Angeles. I can't. They won't let me. (laughs) No, no, I've been blackballed (laughs) in L.A., uh, which is why Myron the Moron sat with Robin Williams in, in 96 at one of the comedy clubs, and, and, and they talked about the Loon Show. And apparently Williams told Myron, he said, essentially, uh, when he, you know, did you like the show? And he said, I don't know. I don't know what to think about it, but I know it's so dangerous that nobody's going to touch it. And he was right, and that's been the problem. The, the big production companies don't want to touch it. It's... It's an insurance nightmare. It's a, they can't control it, right? But, the, but I know how to control it, and so I know what I'm doing. It looks like mayhem, but I've got the reins of control. I know what I'm doing, and, and so I've been waiting patiently over the years until I could find the right conditions, the right people. Sasha, I have been, this is no BS, I have been to New Zealand, Australia, Brazil, Taiwan, Japan, Azerbaijan, of all things. I have gone to these places to meet with theater people in hopes of trying to find a a climate that I could put on my loon show. I've been everywhere. I haven't been able to find it. Um, I have been very fortunate lately to be able to find a location in San Francisco to pull off my auditions. I'm struggling to get a hotel that will allow me to do the actual show. I think I got it. But there's just resistance. The status quo does not want to let people experience themselves. That's really the truth, and that's what I struggle against, is uh, this great fear from the people who are the gatekeepers that this is a... You know, I've been labeled racist, homophobic, bigoted. I'm none of that. All of those elements are part of my shows, though. You can find racism and hatred and bigotry and sexism. Well, heck, I play on those. Those are the themes of my shows. And, and so having those in my shows, they're very dangerous. And the people who control things don't want them touched. They don't want alternative views. They really don't. Um, and so that's been my struggle. I'm going to get there. My show will be seen. And if the if the the gods are are behind me, uh, the world will be seeing it. Will the, this time next year, we will be talking about, in retrospect, a very amazing series of events in San Francisco. Well, Pat, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to that. You know, and I, I like I said before, I admire your determination. And um, before we go here, though, let's. Uh, you mentioned your website, schoolofabsurdity.com. You also have an email where people can, uh, you know, kind of hit you up and, and see what they can offer. You know, you, you just mentioned that it's been kind of difficult finding, uh, you know, more support in this. But people can email you to yeah. uncletadbaker at gmail.com. So to those that are listening, right. if, this, if this interests you at all, you know, just 
chat a, a, an email and, and see what, what you can do for him and how you can be a part of this, especially if you're located in the San Francisco area. Uh, Ted, exactly. once again, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time. I, I appreciate it. This subject is quite fascinating to me at the moment. Um, like I said, it's, it's too much to even talk to about, talk about in, in this, these 30 minutes, but um, I'm looking forward to, to have you on again and, and speak about your, your upcoming project, okay? Beautiful. You know, go take a look at the website, and um, I'd love to get back on as we approach the auditions and talk to you after you've had experience with the uh, with some of the clips and stuff. But for my for the listening audience now, if there are any performers who have heard what I've said and have an interest in performing for me, go to schoolofabsurdity.com. Check out the links there for the performance links. All the stuff about auditioning for the Loon Show is there. Uh, the auditions are still open. I haven't sent out invitations yet. I haven't closed it. So please go take a look. And um, like you say, UncleTadBaker at gmail.com is a great address to reach me. Okay, perfect, perfect. So you have uh, you continue having a wonderful morning and uh, a great weekend, I guess, already Thursday. This, these weeks are flying, yeah. let me tell you. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you have a wonderful day, Tad, okay? And take care. Keep in touch. Thank you, Sasha, very much. Really appreciate it. No problem. Bye-bye. So there you have it. Uh, Uncle Tad Baker, as he calls himself, a very, very genuine guy. Uh, very interesting topic, uh, subject overall, I guess. Um, you know, if you guys are into, if you didn't tune in earlier, um, it's a very interesting subject. So I, I, I believe you should go to, the, to this podcast, Rewind, once it archives uh, for you guys to hear whenever you want. And that being said, you should download our app at Google Play and BlackBerry World, the Sasha Marina Show. You can uh, check us out at SashaMarinaShow.com and click that like uh, on our Facebook page, the Sasha Marina Show, as well as, I guess, follow me on Instagram and Facebook, Sasha Marina, that is. And, yeah, tuning in and bye-bye.
now there are great deals to escape to Europe in spring and summer on direct flights to Ireland with Aer Lingus. Stay put in cool contemporary capital Dublin or head off to any of 20 amazing European cities you've always wanted to visit. Classical chic Rome, Paris, the home of romance, or London, the cutting edge of culture. Deals are for a limited time only, so hurry and book today. Smart says escape to Europe this spring and summer. Smart flies Aer Lingus. Book now at aerlingus.com. At Planet Fitness, you can get down with your judgment-free self. Join for only $1 down, $10 a month, no commitment. Now through January 15th, Planet Fitness has cardio, weights, and locker rooms that sparkle like a glass of New Year's champagne. Only $1 down, $10 a month, no commitment. Now through January 15th, join in-club or online at planetfitness.com. Planet Fitness, the judgment-free zone. Offer expires January 15th. Stop by any of our 15 area locations. Annual membership fee applies. Participating locations only. See club for details.